shall we have a Bible reading from Mark? This is Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. John the Baptist prepares the way. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Let us pray. Lord, we come to you to listen to your word. Lord, would you open up our hearts and our ears to listen and take in your word, to learn what you are trying to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. If you were to, uh, if you needed to buy a new piece of furniture and you decide to go flat pack, maybe like Ikea, are you the type of person who prepares really well or the type of person who doesn't do any prep and just goes for it? Who's the type of people who prepares well, as well as they can? Yeah, we've got quite a few. Who's you who just kind of goes for it? And who is you who would ring someone else to do it? Yeah, perfect, yeah. <laughs> like for, some, for some people, they would have searched online or gone to the shop beforehand and then gone back home, measured the space, if it's a sofa or something, um, maybe gone on YouTube to see how people uh, put it up themselves or get online instructions uh, and then get all the tools ready for when it arrives. Uh, and when it's arrived, it's all done really well to the method. That, that's what my dad would do. My dad's really good in preparation like that. Or others, you might just say, oh, this has popped to Ikea for, for a few hours. You see something you like and you think, that should fit. And, uh, and then maybe you go home. Maybe, if you're like me, sometimes in arrogance, you don't even read the instructions sometimes. Um, and then instead of going to get a screwdriver from the shed, you think you'll save time by using a kitchen knife. <laughs> if you ask Becky, I've broken many knives. <laughs> uh, uh, and so we're kind of different in how we prepare for different things. But today, we start the series on the Gospel of Mark, and it's about preparing the way. It's about preparation, about how this is prepared. Uh, and this was written um, by a scribe or a follower called Mark, or John Mark, uh, who was a, a co-worker with Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, and who was a close partner, spent a lot of time with Peter, who was one of Jesus' closest followers. Uh, and an ancient church historian um, named uh, Papias recalls that Mark would have collected all these eyewitness accounts and memories from Peter, and then shaping them into this account, because Mark was only a, a, a young teenager at that time, and we hear more about him when Jesus was, was resurrected. And so it's by, it's by far the shortest gospel. Um, so if you like short books, this is a good one for you. And 90% of the stories that you find in Mark are also in Matthew and Luke. So some people believe that it was the first gospel to be written and then a primary source for Matthew and Luke to expound upon some of the more difficult uh, passages that are found in Mark or share some other 
stories. And so some people ask the question, and maybe it happens in Alpha, like why are there four Gospels? Do they uh, contradict one another? Is this kind of a false, false uh, representative, uh, representation or, or different things like that? So some people have a go of the Gospels, but the reason there's four is, is, is really good reason, actually. And, and historically and for evidence-wise, it actually gives real strength. Uh, but there's four, there's four Gospels because they're written by different people, uh, two different people, and for different aspects. So you've got Matthew, who's a tax collector. His main audience, who he was writing it to, were Jews. He wanted to portray Jesus as the king. And you can see his 28 chapters. Uh, Mark, like you said, uh, Peter Scribe, he was writing it more to the Roman people then, um, and a shorter book. Luke, who was a doctor, he's a lot more in depth. He also wrote a book called Acts. He was writing it to more, the, the, more to, in Greek and to the Greek people as well. Uh, and wanted to talk about the Son of Man. Um, and then John, who was one of Jesus' closest disciples, one of three, Peter, James, and John, uh, he wrote other books in the Bible, Revelation, and some other books, uh, first, second, and third John. And he wanted to talk about the Son of God. So there's quite a few things in each book that are the same, but also there's differences as well. Just like if I was writing uh, a letter to Jacob about um, football, then I don't know if I'd ever write to the team of football, <laughs> but we would, I, I, would write that, I would write that differently to if I was writing that to Yayan. And so because there's different audiences, different people, so they were writing it to different uh, audiences. But they all collect truth. We all believe they are God's word. Uh, but this is what, how Mark starts the gospel. So if you have your Bibles, there's only a few verses uh, that we're going to look at today, but this is how he starts straight away the gospel. And it says, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And in this first line, Mark makes his own claim about who Jesus is. But this is the only time that Mark says what he thinks about Jesus. For the rest of the book, as we will find out, he hopes to influence us uh, by simply putting in Jesus' actions and his words in front of us and showing how people reacted to him and how we react to him. But the gospel says that Jesus is the Messiah. Uh, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, uh, and so Messiah comes from that. But in the New Testament, the word Christ, which is Greek, is the same word uh, and, and uh, uh, in and out of the New Testament. And, and that he is the Son of God. That God is one from the Old Testament, but three persons in one, Father, Spirit, and Son. That can be seen in the Old Testament, but that will be shown in the New Testament. And then it says there in, in verse, just under that, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. So Mark, right at the start of this gospel, of this, what we call like a New Testament book, right at the start, he goes back to the Old Testament to show where Jesus is from. And it's really important that Jesus fulfills the Old Testament. It's really important that Jesus comes from and is in the Old Testament and comes out of the Old Testament. Otherwise, Christianity would not have any roots. Christianity would only be around about 2,000 years old and it could not be linked to the beginning. So it's massively important that Jesus comes out of the Old Testament. And Mark is looking at a prophecy that was written roughly 600 years ago. So here you have 
Isaiah. So Mark starts his book by going back to a, a prophecy that was written 600 years ago. And he is saying that this prophecy that Isaiah wrote when Israel were in a time of, of wilderness is actually talking about John the Baptist, who is an amazing character that we look at next week. Uh, but that John the Baptist is going to be prayer the way for Jesus, the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of the God. And just to show you, put that in perspective for you. So this is the Tanakh, and so this is the, uh, the Jewish Bible, the, the Hebrew Bible. So our Old Testament has 39 books in it. The, the Jewish Bible has less because like First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, they're put in together, and the minor prophets are put in together. So this is exact. if you open your Old Testament... This is exactly the same as that, okay? It's exactly the same writings. It might be a few less books, but it's exactly the same readings as that. So for Jews, they would believe this. They would, write, they would read this. Uh, they would uh, hold on to this. But this, Jews would believe, where we believe, if you see there, there's a 400-year gap between this and the New Testament. Jews believe that they're still waiting, so this was written, but they're still waiting. They're still waiting for the Messiah. So if you want to say... So for Jews now, they, they've been waiting nearly two and a half thousand years for someone. They're still waiting for someone. They're still waiting for the Messiah. They're still waiting for the Christ. But for us as Christians and for Messianic Jews who believe that Jesus is the Messiah, we have something called the New Testament, which is shorter. Actually, this one is the one-year New Testament for busy mums. <laughs> they don't do one for busy dads, actually. So. But this is the New Testament. And so we believe uh, in the last book of the Old Testament or the Jewish Bible, the book of Malachi, 400 years later, Jesus came. Jesus came. And over a 100-year period, this book was written. And so we believe that this was written, uh, and, now, and now we are after that. And so now, today in 2024, we have one of these. And so we have the fulfillment of that. So we have both of these in one, which we call the Holy Bible. So the Old Testament and the New Testament. The Jews don't believe this, so they don't believe all of the second part of this. So they're still waiting. But one of the reasons we believe in this is not only because we're a people in this room who've been, who've been changed by this person of Jesus. We believe in his death and his resurrection. So we have a personal encounter with it. The reason we believe in this, if we didn't have the Old Testament, or if, if we just had that and it didn't relate to that, then we're in deep ground. Like, we, our faith has not, doesn't have any roots. But this book, this book fulfills over 300 prophecies of that book, all in one man, Jesus Christ. 300 prophecies. To fulfill one prophecy is like mathematically crazy, but 300 prophecies of, Jesus, of, of that book is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. And so that's why we have this book. It makes you think, doesn't it? Like, and pray for Jews who don't believe in Jesus. Why don't why they don't? When they look at the, the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
And so for, if you know a, a Jewish brother or sister or friend, pray for them. Pray for what's happening in Israel right now, that their eyes will be opened to see Jesus in this. But that's why we believe in it. And so what John is, what Mark is doing straight away, he's saying, actually, right at the start, we're looking at the, the book of Isaiah, which is even a bit further here. Mark is saying, and it's fulfilled right now. It's fulfilled here at the beginning where th- history is split. And it says this, and it says, and, and, and Mark effectively copies and pastes Isaiah's words. I don't think they had a computer back then. But he, he copy and pastes it, and he says, I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way, a voice of the one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Isaiah as a prophet, as a messenger of God, who would receive messages from God and then give them to the people or write them down. He wrote down this message and he gave it to God's people Israel, like he gave it to them. But this message was not talking about Isaiah and it wasn't talking about Israel in that exact time it was talking about something to come and God is saying God and Mark is saying actually now this has been fulfilled so Mark is saying I will send my messenger ahead of you Mark is saying that's John who we're going to look at next week this is talking about John I will send John ahead of you who will prepare your way who's your Jesus the Son of God. So John is going to come before Jesus. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Again, this is back to John. And he says, prepare the way for the Lord. Who's the Lord? We believe Jesus is the Lord. And make straight paths for him. And Jesus himself, if you think, oh, why did Mark say that? Well, Jesus himself in Matthew 11, like I said, that gospel is a bit bigger, expounds things. Jesus himself in Matthew 11 says this. He was talking about John. I'll look at the more detail next week. But Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. And he said, what what did you go into the wilderness to see? And he asked him a few questions. But he finally says, a prophet? Yes. And he was more than a prophet. And then Jesus says these exact words. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way before you. So Mark is effectively saying what Jesus said, that this is about him. And we'll talk more about John next week. John the Baptist is one of my favourite characters. I quite, I just love, have you ever met a French person say Jean Baptiste? I just love the fact that this guy in the wilderness for the last hundreds of years, people in France have been calling their kids after this guy in the wilderness, Jean Baptiste. I just some reason I really like that. But John the Baptist is a great character, and we're going to look at that uh, next, next week. But a question I was looking at this, this week as I was reading it, like, why did God use John to prepare the way for the Lord? Like, why did God, why was there a prophecy about someone preparing the way for the Lord? Why did God use John, God used John to prepare the way for the Lord, prepare the way for the Jesus, for Jesus? Surely if, 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 surely if there's someone who doesn't need 
a way prepared, it would be Jesus, wouldn't it? Someone who doesn't need a forerunner, it would be Jesus. He could have just turned up and like, he would have been okay, wouldn't he? Like, why did God use John? Why did God include him in the story? Why did he fulfill this prophecy as well? And for all of us, when we come to know Jesus or experience Jesus, some people have a, a definite point. Some people, it's kind of a journey. Some people, there's different points. But we would say, if we're honest, it's a mystery, isn't it? Like, it is part of a mystery of following Jesus. Because God could zap us all. Like, that's why we pray sometimes, don't we? We pray that God will zap people and kind of wake them up. He could have made us robots, or our default could have always been to obey him and being subject to him and not be able to escape that. But he doesn't. And sin has affected that. Sin has broken our relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that. And, and, and yet he uses people in our lives to help restore us to God because of Jesus. Like people play an instrumental part. He could have just said, oh, Jesus, you just show up. We don't need anyone to be your foreigner. And similar with us, I'll just call Jesus and Jesus will touch your heart and I don't need anyone else. But he used John and he used his people in our lives today to prepare the way for the Lord for us. And, and he used it for one reason is um, so for us to not just to leave it all to God. Like he doesn't say, he's like, oh no, I want to use you. And God commanded us to go and make, to be part of this. So just quickly, if you don't want to play, or if you're not a Christian, that's absolutely fine, okay? Just say pass. But really quickly, turn to the person next to you and just say, just name one person who has prepared the way for you to meet Jesus, or one person who stands out for that, meet, that helped you meet Jesus. Person next to you. If you don't want to say it, just pass. But quickly, one minute, let's just, let's just do that together. I would have been interested, is anyone sitting next to someone who's, who helped prepare the way for them to meet Jesus? Any people here? Yeah? Well, m many people in this room, and as we kind of, um, as, as, a, as a church, as we grow, as new people get added to it, as groups expand, um, many people in this room would say, we don't know everyone, do we? Like, everyone, I don't think anyone in this room would know everyone right now or would know everyone's story. And so as a pastor, I get a privilege sometimes to hear some amazing stories of how people came to know Jesus. And this room is full of story. And if maybe today, as, as you have food together and you meet someone new, or maybe you've just never known, just ask them, like, can you just tell me your story? 
tell me a story of how, how you came to Jesus. Tell me a story of who helped you know Jesus. I always love that. I always love hearing those stories. But just to, but just to encourage you with three stories uh, to share with you, or you might know, of people who have prepared the way for people to be in the room right now. Or here in the, and th- this room is full of stories. And no one knows I'm going to do this, but I just, this is from like, speaking to people. Uh, but where's Dave and Linda? Where's Dave and Linda? Are there? Dave and Linda. Do you want to stand? For people who don't know Dave and Linda, give a stand up, Dave and Linda, to say hello. There we go. Great. You can sit now with that. Thanks. So Dave and Linda moved to Saudi Arabia in the 80s or? In the 80s with their kids for work. So moved to Saudi Arabia. They weren't Christians. They had a good job, good money. It was warm. (laughs) Uh, But they lived on on a complex with other British, American and other country, people from other countries in Saudi Arabia. And long story short, and ask him, if you sit next to him later, ask him about this story. Long story short, but they end up doing an alpha course in Saudi Arabia. Like an alpha course in Saudi Arabia in the 90s and fall in love with Jesus and give their lives to Jesus. And for the last 20 to 30 years, I've been following Jesus. And just imagine the person or the missionary or the church who believed God wanted him to run an alpha course in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> like he's like, oh yeah, I want you to run an alpha course in Saudi Arabia. I'm sure if you, if you were there, you were probably like, nah, I'm okay. <laughs> or I don't think this is a good idea. Or I don't think this will work. And yet they were obedient. And they, those people, wherever they are, I don't know them. Those people help prepare the way for Dave and Linda to meet the Lord. Those people, because of their obedience, they help prepare the way for Dave and Linda to meet the Lord. But also think of this. Imagine if that person said no. Would Dave and Linda be here today? Imagine if they said no. Would they be here today? Like we could say, oh yeah, but God would use someone else. And he might. And he might, or we could do so, or yeah, and he might, but also he might not, it might not have happened. So because those people prepared the way for Dave and Linda to meet the Lord, they are here today. But also what would happen if they, if they said no to being obedient to Jesus? Like this Monday, I know Yinka's in work today, and Philosi, and, and Sagon's here as well, so Sagon's with... Uh, uh, the kids as well, um, but this this mon- this Monday we were praying in one of the groups and we were praying for the persecuted church, and uh, we were praying for different things. I was praying for Nigeria because Nigeria, I believe, has got the Christ- biggest Christian population in the world, but it's also the most persecuted uh, country in the world. So I was talking to to Yinka about that. And my assumption from Yinka was she came from the, the Christian part, which is mainly down the south. But she was sharing that she was brought up in a Muslim family. And her and her sister were brought up in a Muslim family, uh, her and, and, and so f- five kids. Um, uh, and she, but for some Christians in Nigeria, in that environment, in that place, location, 
felt the urge by the Lord to start a Christian school and allow Muslims to go to the school. So Christians there felt the urge to start a Christian school and not just keep her a Christian school, but open up to other people. And because Yinka's father wanted his kids to have a good education, like he sent them to the Christian school. And they got a good education, but they got something a lot better than that. They met Jesus. All five kids met Jesus in that school. And it wasn't easy, like she was sharing, and you guys will know more, like when they, when they went back and told their father about that, like, he, just to say he wasn't happy. <laughs> he wasn't happy and became more strict, tried to think, make things more strict for them, tried to kind of beat their faith out of them in more ways than once, and tried to take that faith, become more strict about Islam. And that happened, and yet... 20 years on, it doesn't it make you sweeter? Who is the year uh, last year when we dedicated uh, Joju and we had that celebration? Doesn't it make it even sweeter to know now the story? That if those, imagine if those people weren't obedient to the Lord and didn't prepare the way for Yinka, Philosophy, and, and the kids to come to know Jesus. Like, would they still be in a hijab today? Would they be in a burqa today? Would they be doing a five prayers to Muhammad today? Like we didn't know that, but because they were obedient and they prepared the way for the Lord for them to meet Jesus, last year the family brought in Joju and they dedicated this son to the Lord Jesus Christ. They dedicated him to Jesus Christ because people prepared the way. And even last year, uh, Ava got baptized, and uh, it was a joy for all of us to, to see Ava share her story and for her to be baptized. And some people who were raised in church um, and maybe don't like do a re- rebellious life or live a crazy life uh, and find Jesus at an early age and want to get baptized. Some people, if they're in a situation, I can remember talking to someone in Swansea, they don't think they've got much of a story. They don't think they've got much of a testimony. Or they don't think they've, yeah, they, 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 they're worthwhile listening to. But, like, as a parent, that's the story I want, isn't it? Like, as a parent, I don't want my boys to have my story or to experience the things I experience. Like, I want my boys to know Jesus from an early age and follow him. And Ava's story of faith and baptism was brilliant. And her parents and grandparents... And I know this church played a big part in preparing the way for her to know Jesus. But what if your grandparents didn't pray? What if they didn't pray for years and years for Ava? What if Stu and Kath didn't really bother with church? Oh, there's other things going on like this. They've got other interests like this. Let's not bother. Or what if all the, the youth uh, helpers here or the people leading the, the kids' stories, didn't input into Ava's life. Like, would Ava have been baptised last year? Like, would she have been baptised last year? Like, she was baptised last year because so many people had prepared the way for her to meet the Lord. 
And those people prepared the way for them. And so the challenge is, like, who are we going to prepare the way for in 2024? Like, who are we going to prepare the way for in January? Who are we going to prepare the way for this week? Who are we going to be obedient to the Lord? Whether we hear him directly and ask him to, to do something specifically, or whether we simply look to fulfill his word and love people with action, but also love them by sharing the gospel. Like, who are we going to prepare the way for? And with this, with this series, uh, Go and Make, the subject, the title is challenging, isn't it? Like, you can't go away from it. Like, it is challenging. And so, um, on, each, on each Sunday, we're going to be challenged. And I want to help us. Maybe the Lord has given you something specific, but if he hasn't, I'm going to help you, okay? I'm going to help you give something of what we can all do. Because James 1, 22 to 25, it says this. My eyes are getting worse, actually. I can't read that now. Let me read it. It says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So this week's mirror, I'm going to call it mirror time, okay? This week's mirror time, go and make for all of us and I think this, I'm, starting off, I'm starting off gently, okay? This is, as we go through the, the gospel, it's going to come out of that. But this week's something for us to go and make is a simple one. Personally invite someone to Alpha. For all of us. Like, you know people I don't. I know people you don't. Like Ari said, like the worst, the worst they can say no, okay, guys? That's the worst they can say is No. But don't say no for them. If we don't ask them, they, we say no for them. We say, oh, no, they're not interested. They don't want to know. Or we say no for them. The worst they can say is no. The best they can say is, yeah, I'll think about it. About it. Oh, yeah, I'll come. And so how can we do it personally? Invite That, that leaflet, that invite you've got on, the, on, your, uh, on your chair, unless you're, you're, not, unless you're not a Christian, that leaflet is not for you. It's not for you to come for the food. It's for you to invite someone. So if you have not, if there's not a Christian, if you have got a non-Christian friend or someone in your family and they want you to come on the first one to it, then great. But that is not for you. It is for all of us to give to someone else. So how can we prepare the way for someone to meet the Lord? Let's all invite someone this week. Whether you want to say it on Facebook or social media, this is open to everyone. That's great. I'd say don't do that. But also personally invite someone, whether that's by a phone call, whether that's seeing them, whether it's a friend or a stranger you meet this week or a, a WhatsApp message. Put their name on it, personalise it, and, and invite someone. And if I, I felt... Um, when we were singing that song, uh, God is here, may, let, the weak, may, let the weak 
say I am strong. For some of us here right now, I felt like actually I'm in a weak place or I'm not in a good place and so I'm not going to invite someone or I'm not in a good place so I can pass this or yeah, I'm, I'm in a weak place right now so I'm not in a healthy place to invite someone. <clears throat> From my experience, do you know when I'm, when I'm really walking closely to the Lord and I'm praying for opportunities, every time I pray for opportunities, it happens. Like the, the Lord says to pray for opportunities. Pray this week. But often, the more opportunities I get is when I'm in a bad place. <laughs> like when I'm feeling weak. Like when I kind of don't want to talk about Jesus. That's often what happens. Just before Christmas, I'll share this before I, I finish. Just before Christmas, um, I was speaking in the hospital uh, in, 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 in the chaplaincy there. And I basically, I reversed into the Heath car park. My beepers, some of you know the story. <laughs> My beepers were saying, fine, fine, fine. But it didn't, read, it didn't see this big concrete post there. So I smashed my back window. I popped uh, a week before Christmas. And do you know, I felt like when I did it, and, and this is not like me, I just felt, oh, right, Lord, what, what are you going to tell me about this? <laughs> and this is not like me, but like, what are you going to teach me about this? Or what, 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 why did that happen? Because I was going to kind of go there to do his work, if you want to say, but I just popped the back window. <laughs> So I felt that, and then I had to wait a week then for it to do it. So I had to bind it all up and, and, um, and use stuff to, to do it. So for a week. And then it was the 23rd of December, so I'm in um, Autoglass. There are other providers, I'm just going to say. But in, in Autoglass, and I was actually doing my talk, going over my talk for the Christmas Eve. So I felt like I was busy in that sense. And it was quiet, no one else was around. Oh, great, I can do this. It was quite peaceful. And then this guy comes in with his kid, and it must be the same. Don't when you go into a taxi service and you have the same conversation. In that room, it must be the same one. So I said, front, front window or back window, mate? Which one? <laughs> it was kind of like that's the last one. I was sharing a bit of story. Um, but I was trying to kind of show him that I was busy. But too fair, he was. Um, he was a lot more polite me, than me, and we were talking for a bit. And then it came to like, kind of talk about, or oh, I, I end up saying, or oh, who I was, or like what I was doing, or oh, I'm a pastor in the church. And nine times out of ten, I'll tell people I'm a pastor, right? And they don't even blink, like, like so what? Like, I don't care. Let's talk about something else. But this guy, like, he said, oh, right, like, you're a pastor, all oh, right. So he's like, oh, like, what does that mean? And then we end up talking. I end up staying longer. Like, the guy's like, he's ready. I said, oh, yeah, soon. <laughs> but, like, we just had an amazing... And I shared, like, the full gospel with him, like, his need for Jesus. And he was asking real good questions. And I had to explain some things to him. But just, like, kind of... Do you want know you have those moments and just, like, oh, like, that was of the Lord. That was of the Lord. And in that moment, I was like, that's why I smashed my window. Genuinely, I was like, that's why I smashed my window. If I'm praying to prepare the way for the Lord for people, if I'm praying to give people witness, if I'm praying for opportunities, like, it was like, like that's why I smashed the window. And the Lord was like, how much do you want to tell people? Like, will it cost you? Are you willing to cost you? Like, financially, 
time, like frustration? Is it, are you willing? Like, is it willing to cost you? Because that guy, all the other people I'd met in the, last, in the other 10 days didn't happen. It was that guy. And I was like, oh, that's why I smashed the window. And I'll tell you what, don't tell Becky this, right? But I'd do it again. <laughs> I'd do it again for that guy or for someone else. And so if you feel like you're in a weak place right now, last week we heard about that, we? the disciples, they were doubting. Judas has left them. Like they were in a weak place. And what did Jesus say? Therefore, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So go and make. Go and make. The guys are going to come and lead us in the final song. But let me, let's just pray for all of us. Father, we thank you so much for the people in our lives who prepared the way for us to meet you. We think of them right now. We say thank you for them. Lord, even, even today, Lord, if they're here or not here, help us personally thank them if we can. If they're still on, on this planet or if they're with you, Lord, we want to thank them and say thank you for preparing the way for us to meet the Lord. And Father, as we eat food to together today, may we ask one another about their stories. May we encourage each other by how we met Jesus. May we listen and hear and understand. May we grow our faith by hearing our stories, whether we were just brought up in church and you held us and we loved you or we were the furthest away from you and you dragged us out of the pit. Lord, may we share our stories. But Lord, with gentleness and respect and with boldness and courageous, help us prepare the way for the Lord for other people. Lord, you know the people in our lives, or you even know the strangers that we're going to meet this week, or even the people we're going to bump into by accident on the car or the awkward things that's going to happen this week. Lord, help us listen to your voice. Help us be obedient. Lord, help us be your hands and your feet and your mouthpiece. And help us invite anybody and everybody to this, to this Alpha course. This is just one thing we can do, but help us, Lord, do that. Help us be obedient whether they say no, whether they throw in our face, whether they shout or just say, don't speak to me, or whether they say, I think about it, or whether they come and in 10 years' time they're in this room with us. Lord, we don't get to determine the outcome. You just ask us to go and make, to be faithful to you. So help us, Lord. Give us the boldness and the courage, but also the gentleness and the respect this week for all of us, whether we're feeling in a good place or weak place, to go and make and to invite someone to Alpha. We hand it over to you. Lord Jesus, that you will prepare people, prepare people's hearts, and that we can help be a part of preparing the way for people to meet the Lord. In Jesus' name.
Amen.